Tuesday, April 24th. Having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges, I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Every last Wednesday evening around 6.15, President Donald Trump, along with Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan, held a press conference, talked about a number of different things, including trade, but the primary focus of that press conference was North Korea. It was also revealed just before that press conference that CIA Director Mike Pompeo, who is the nominee for the Secretary of State, met secretly with Kim Jong-un over the Easter weekend. The whole coming together of this summit between Donald Trump and the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has taken a lot of twists and turns. What's your take on all this? Tom, I think that what we've got here in the populist appeal of President Donald Trump to the reaction of overreach in the previous administration of governmental authority and power and its cultural agenda, it seems as if there's this profane conduct instead of a turnoff, an appeal to a significant segment of the voting population. And his unabashed statement, I'm a businessman, I know the art of the deal, I'll make the deal, and it's not going to be business as usual from the unproductive tactics of our politicians, the quote-unquote accepted practices of statecraft. And I think people elected him with that in mind, and now he's doing it. It's very befuddling to the media, because whether this is directly by the book, his book, The Art of the Deal, or... He is just showing you the intuition of his approach to being a businessman. You can see him doing things that they say that is unbecoming of a president. He shouldn't do that with these tweets and statements and interviews, derogatory statements. And so they ridicule him for that, which seems to be his way to put the other person on their heels. On the backside, he is sending secret envoys, such as the previously unknown and secretive trip that. Michael Pompeo made to talk with him, from which we now get this quote-unquote possible summit. And now the media criticizes him because these trips to set this up were not publicly done in the manner in which summits are usually arranged. The third thing he said is this, well, listen, you need to know respectfully, I'll walk away from the table if we're not getting any progress. If you're not willing to walk away, you're not going to be able to accomplish it. And he is letting them know, hey, respectfully, but I'll walk away unless we get, and he names the uh, progress he wants in denuclearization, not just a treaty, but actual denuclearization. When he says he will walk away from the table, he'll either not go to the negotiations if it's not going in the right direction, or he'll get up and leave. Is that a message to North Korea or to the media? I believe respectfully was for the media to tell them, hey, I'm not going back to tactic one, which is to put them on their heels with insults and name calling. I think it was also a message to the president of Korea, this uh, dictator, is you're not going to dictate at this. I am now dictating the fact that it won't continue unless we get the desired result. Tom, from a Christian world in life view, I want to make clear with no ambiguity that a Christian, whether it's business, politics, relationships, or whatever, must always say the truth, say what they mean, mean what they say, and never be mean when they say it. That doesn't mean you can't say tough things, but it says you never say even tough things mean. If I go to someone who is entrapped in sin, I want to identify the sin. I may have to say some tough things, but it's going to be clear I'm going to speak the truth in love, and I'm going to love with the truth. 
And I think that should carry over into every arena of life, that we treat people made in the image of God with dignity and their positions that they hold with dignity, because I also reject as a Christian any form of pragmatism that the end justifies the means. I believe the means will always ultimately determine the end. Harry, you mentioned earlier there are three Americans being held captive in North Korea. I don't want to end today's Today in Perspective without bringing up our brother in Christ, Andrew Brunson, who is a pastor out of Black Mountain, North Carolina. There was a hearing held on Andrew Brunson over in the country of Turkey where he's being held captive. He was actually sent back from that hearing to a more notorious prison in Turkey. He was accused of terrorism because of evangelism. We have a committee on the persecuted church under our missions committee. This has been an area of focus. In fact, even as we speak, I am going to be reading a letter from Andrew Brunson, and I'd like for you to read it in just a moment so that people can get a personal sense of this, as well as his commitment to Christ as a believer and as a pastor. Here is a man that just unbelievably faithful. He has spent years in Turkey. He has a heart for the people in Turkey. And Tom, he not only has a heart for the people in Turkey, he is willing to endure for the people in Turkey. Tom, he pastors a church of 25 people. Here is a Southern Baptist pastor. He's one of our brothers in ministry in a sister denomination, the Southern Baptist, faithful to the Word of God, loves the Lord, loves the people, and loves where he has been called as a pastor. And he tries to do, as Paul told Timothy, the work of an evangelist. Therefore, as he shared his faith, They arrested him in this quote-unquote secular Islamic nation. They arrested him. They put him in prison. They have given him a trial, and in that trial have declared evangelism as a terrorist act. And therefore, they have moved him from that prison to a what they call intense prison. We would call it something like maximum security, but it's a no-holds-barred incarceration. I can't imagine what he's going through. Obviously, I want to pray for him, but I don't want to even dwell on it. He longs to be with his wife, back to his church. But Tom, he has made it abundantly clear that he will be faithful to Christ in life and in death. Let me read that letter. Let it be clear I'm in prison, not for anything I've done wrong, but because of who I am, a Christian pastor. I desperately miss my wife and children, yet I believe this to be true. It is an honor to suffer for Jesus Christ, as many have done before me. I know that God's grace is sustaining me, even when I do not feel that grace, and I know that the prayers of God's people are surrounding me and giving strength. One of my big fears has been that I will be forgotten in prison. Thank you for not forgetting. It reminds me that I'm not alone and that I need to stand firm with my face pointed in God's direction always. To the extent that I am known, I want to be known as a servant and lover of Jesus Christ. I have prayed for this land and its people for many years for God to pour out great blessing. In my weakness, I pray daily for strength and courage to persevere and remain faithful to my King until the end. My deepest thanks to my family around the world that are standing with me and praying for me. So Tom, let's end by making a personal appeal to all who listen to this program and then anyone you'd like to share this program with. Number one, we will not forget Pastor Andrew Brunson. That means number two, we will be in prayer for him. Thirdly and finally, a word of warning. What he is going through there, Christian ministers may one day go through here. For we are always just a generation away 
from the movement of the gospel to another area of the globe if we don't apply the wonderful, glorious gospel in life and in ministry through faithful churches and faithful Christians in our own country. Having said that, now pray for Pastor Brunson. May the Lord deliver him, and may he deliver sinners in that nation and around the world through his witness. Harry, on Wednesday's edition of Today in Perspective, I want to take you to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. A Fort Bragg chaplain is facing a disciplinary action. Does he follow the tenets of his faith, or does he follow the Army's equal opportunity policy? And here are the first steps of the persecution that I just warned about. Here is a faithful minister being faithful to his army regulations, faithful to his confession of faith, faithful to his Bill of Rights liberties, and yet his livelihood is about to be taken away from him, this decorated chaplain. Why? Because of his faithfulness and his embrace of his first liberty as found in the Bill of Rights and faithfulness in ministry there in the army. We'll look at the particulars of that and what is happening in this targeting, not of his life as Andrew Brunson, but of his livelihood, which is usually the first step of an authoritarian persecution in any nation. We'll deal with that on Wednesday's edition of Today in Perspective. As we close out, let me remind you to download the Briarwood app. It is available through Google Play, the Windows Store, Amazon Apps, and the Apple App Store. It's yours free of charge. Resources, video, audio, and written resources that will challenge your walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's yours at no cost. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Wednesday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.